Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, and this is another episode of Think on Your Feet. If you're new to the podcast, you might not have come across these episodes before. These are my live play episodes where I take an investigator solo through a campaign. If you look for the Think on Your Feet episodes that I've done previously, you can have a listen to how I do things. I try to keep you abreast of how many resources I have, which reminds me to grab some resources, how many clues, things like that, cards in hand. And we go through the campaign together. I talk you through my thought processes and things like that. If you're a patron for Drawn to the Flame, then you'll have had a chance to talk to me about the deck that I've built as well, because I'm playing as Calvin Wright, the Haunted, and he's a pretty tricky customer when it comes to building a a decent solo deck, I'd say. So yeah, thanks to the patrons who joined me chatting about that. I've taken on a lot of your suggestions, so I'd like to blame any mistakes that I make now definitely on the encouragement of my patrons and not on my own poor play. If you want to look at the deck, I've posted the beginning deck list in the description of this episode. I'm running a fairly asset-heavy build because I've got Fire Axe, Flashlight, I've got Fine Clothes because we're about to play the Path to Carcosa, Madame Lebranche, Dark Horse, and then a selection of one-obs as well of different, what I hope are tech cards that will help me. And then I'm running Fight or Flight, Lucky, a single look what I found, a single Perseverance and two Wards of Protection. And then I'm running what I think is the kind of core of a good Calvin deck, which is resourceful, right to the occasion and unexpected courage. And a couple of desperate skills just for giggles. So that's the deck. I'm not going to talk about it more. Let's see if things come up as we play. And really, let's dive in. It's been a little while since I've recorded one of these. So let's get going with the first scenario of the Path to Carcosa. Curtain Call. Agenda 1A. The Third Act. The theatre is eerily silent. The old wooden floor creaks beneath your feet, and a light rain gently patters on the roof as you explore the auditorium. There are more rotting corpses among seats, and the rest of the crowd has vanished. Six Doom. Act 1A. Awakening. You pinch yourself to see if you're dreaming, and sure enough, your skin stings and reddens. You take a few deep breaths and try to think rationally. Whatever's going on, you must explore the theatre to learn the truth of the matter. Three clues. I'm playing on standard difficulty, so I have three skulls in the bag, and they're minus one or minus three instead if you have three or more horror on you, and I suspect I'll get to that point fairly quickly. In my headcanon for Calvin, he's obviously made this pact with this evil force, and part of that is he knows he needs to protect Zhao, his, the love of his life, and I have it that he's travelled to Arkham to sort of find more information about the evils in the world, and he's discovered that the King in Yellow, the play, is coming to Arkham, and he wants to find out more about it. But now we've woken up in the theatre, so I start in the theatre, must have been one hell of an intermission, two shroud, no clues, To say that the theatre is in disarray would be a profound understatement. The walls and seats, previously polished to a shine, are cracked and caked with dirt. The curtains are tattered, and the set is stained with old blood. You aren't sure what's worse, the smell of rot or the nagging feeling that you've been asleep for a very long time. Not this again, thinks Calvin. Right, draw my five. I have drawn... An unexpected courage, a fire axe, a cherished keepsake, a leather coat, and a smoking pipe. 
Well, that's an interesting first hand. Do I chuck everything apart from the fire axe and try and go fishing for a flashlight, Madame Lebranche, things like that? I'm not going to be able to get any clues really with this hand. Or do I keep this hand set up a bit and head into the lobby where I can draw more cards? I'm, I'm sort of inclined to do that, but I'm going to chuck the unexpected courage because getting plus two and my stats are zero is is useless. And I'm going to chuck the smoking pipe because that's only useful when I know oh, I might take a lot of horror, actually. Hmm. I'll hold on to it. I'll chuck one. Very conservative mulligan. It's mulligan me into Dark Horse. Dreadful card. Okay, shuffle up my deck. Well, perhaps I do Fire Axe Dark Horse Keepsake and I'm set up. Or perhaps I do Fire Axe Dark Horse and I head to the lobby, setting me up next turn to draw more cards and refill my hand. That feels nice. I know there's an advantage to going backstage first, but I think I just do that. That seems like a strong opening play. Pay three resources for Dark Horse, pay one resource for Fire Axe, last action move. The lobby. Through the tall glass doors leading into the lobby, you can see that this room isn't nearly as dilapidated as the auditorium. Signs promoting the king in yellow taunt you from inside. It's four shroud and one clue. The wide doors that lead to the streets of Arkham are somehow gone, as if they were never there. Forced, when lobby was revealed, put two of the set-aside lobby doorway locations into play at random. And I'm shuffling all my doorways up. One, two. And as a double action here, I can draw three cards. But that's my three. Upkeep brings me a resource, back to two, and a card, which is rise to the occasion. We go to our first doom, and our first mythos. <laughs> it's rotting remains. Test willpower three for each point you fail by, take one horror. Elder sign. <laughs> I may either heal one damage or horror, or take one direct damage or horror. So, I failed by three, so I'm taking three horror. The Elder Sign actually triggers before I take the three horror. And what I'm tempted to do is, is take a damage and use the smoking pipe to turn me into a 2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. So I take three horror and I take one damage. I am now in that danger zone where skulls have become minus threes. But I've now got a stat line of 3-3-1-1. Three, three, one, one which is not too bad. Back to me, that was a nice first draw. I'm inclined to maybe explore one of these lobbies, but maybe I should draw three cards first. So I think I do that first. First action draw, uh, sorry, first two actions. It's drawn me double fine clothes and another dark horse. And I think last action, I either, no, I'll play it a little bit safe. Last action, I'll, ooh. Last action, I will put down the fine clothes. Yes, pay one, fine clothes are down. I was trying to weigh up, if I draw a fanatic it'll spawn on top of me, but I will have resources to fire exit. Do I put down the smoking pipe and start trying to even my stats out? But I don't think I do. And then, and then I'm also trying to juggle the fact that I've got two fine clothes and a leather coat all competing for the body slot. And I was thinking, a cherished keepsake will protect me from another rotting remains, but... Maybe just to find clothes if I get a poltergeist now. It's sort of just trying to balance those things up. Upkeep. 
I get until the end of time, and I go up to two resources. Now, until the end of time, this is an incredible card. It's the signature asset for Calvin. It's just two health, two sanity for one, which is a great deal, but also it can take direct damage and direct horror. So getting that down soon will be really useful. We go to turn three, so on two doom. My encounter card is Dissonant Voices. I cannot play assets or events. Well, my hand is all assets apart from rise to the occasion, so that rather determines what I'm doing. I'm not going to be drawing three more cards. I'm somewhat tempted to head up to the balcony and start trying to get clues or explore one of these two lobbies. One of the things I've been thinking is if I can pop lobby doors open, if I do draw fanatics, I can spawn them in these locations. So I'm going to head up to this, this north lobby. An ornate wooden door leads into one of the front areas of the theatre. It's the lighting box. At the top of a narrow claustrophobic staircase, you find the lighting crew's closet-like booth stationed above the balcony. Expensive lighting equipment and several heavy spotlights dominate the cramped room. It's four shroud and one clue. While I'm in the lighting box, increase the resource cost of each card in my hand by two, and it is worth a victory point. Second action, I'm going to move straight back because I'm a 3v2 investigating there, a 3v4 investigating there, getting my numbers confused. So what I'll hope to do is spawn a fanatic there instead. And my last action, I will head into the other lobby doorway. It's the box office. Raindrops pelt your clothing as you step into the box office. It takes you a moment before you remember you purchased your ticket indoors and you realise it's somehow raining through the roof of the hall. Calvin is starting to feel not just horrified, but, but also afraid. There's something very strange going on. That's the end of my round, so or the end of my turn, rather. Distant Voices goes at the end of the round. Upkeep brings me an unexpected courage, and I'm now on eight cards, so hopefully playing some more next turn would be good. And I'm continuing to take resources, even though I have Dark Horse out. I feel like a Dark Horse deck happily runs until you're really powered up happily runs at about two or three resources, because there's still plenty of cards in my hand I want to play until the end of time, smoking pipe, maybe a keepsake as well. So it's not about as soon as you get Dark Horse down, just staying broke. It's worth having some pool to work with. We go to three Doom, turn four. My card is Frozen in Fear. Okay, I put that into play in my threat area. The first time I perform a move, fight, or evade each round, it's going to cost an additional action. Do I play a smoking pipe, play until the end of time, and maybe even play a cherished keepsake staying here, and then use rise to the occasion to try and get my way out of this one? I think something like that. I could double action to move back to the lobby and then only play one of those cards. So I think I'm inclined to... Well, I'm definitely playing until the end of time. That cost me one. We are on three doom. Moving back to the lobby would mean I could push on up to the balcony. I'm going to do that. I'm going to move back to the lobby. My thinking is I like setting up more, of course. Everyone likes good setup. But there's only so long I can survive in this scenario, particularly. And... Just trying to keep moving is probably the best way to do it. I'm normally inclined to get a bit greedy and try and get as much as I can. So here, I think just pushing on is better. So that was my last two actions. And at the end of my turn, I need to test willpower three. I've taken three horror, so I'm a 3v3. But I'm going to commit rise to the occasion, which makes me a 6v3. So I commit this 
only to a skill test I'm performing, and only if the difficulty of that test is at least too higher than my base skill value. My base skill is zero, and I'm taking a difficulty three test. So I get plus three from Rise and plus three from the Horror on me. Zero. Overkill, but Frozen in Fear goes. I draw Voice of the Messenger. Revelation. I must either choose one, take one direct damage and suffer one physical trauma, or take one direct horror and suffer one mental trauma. I'll take the direct damage and the physical trauma. My thinking here is the damage takes me up to a fight of two and an agility of two as well, which is nice. I could I could take another horror and put it on until the end of time, but chances are I'm probably going to go mad sooner than I get damage. Maybe, maybe I'm being playing it too safe. After all, I could get more damage from the smoking pipe here. Hmm. I've sort of thought myself out of the plan. I could get myself up to four intellect now with with four horror on me, and I'd be starting future scenarios on one willpower and one horror. I'm going to change my mind. I've talked myself out of it. I can always switch this round. I'll take the direct horror and I'll take it on me boldly. So I'm up to four there. And I get a resource, which takes me to three. We go to turn five, which means we're at four doom of six. And my encounter card is, oh, I can't tell you about this because it's peril and it's hidden. This is whispers in your head, dismay. I cannot commit skill cards to skill tests. Well, at the moment, I only have unexpected courage. And as a double action, I can discard it from my hand. Back to us. Heading up to the balcony and trying to get clues. That seems the way forwards. First action, I move up. A carpeted staircase leads up into the balcony. Somehow a hot draught is blowing down through the steep passageway. It's two shroud and one clue. To your disappointment, the balcony sections are much like the ground floor below, although every now and then you think you spot a figure moving silently in the aisles. Forced, after you perform a move action during which you move from the balcony to the theatre, take two damage. Okay. Second action, I'll investigate. I'm a four on two here. I've got nothing I want to commit in my hand. Can't commit that unexpected courage. Elder sign. Nice. I may either heal one damage or horror or take one direct damage or one direct horror. Hmm. Could heal a horror back up. It'd be at threes. Bit of a conundrum, isn't it? I'm at four horror and one damage. Or one damage and four horror. I put it the other way around because I like my horror to line up with the mental stats and I like my damage to line up with the physical stats. It's a shame they didn't put them the other way around. So I could, in theory, take a bit more horror, particularly if I get the Cherish Keepsake down. I could use this to take a damage and pump up my combat stats. I think that's maybe the strongest way to go. So I'll do that and I get the clue, which is nice. And for my final action, I think I'll play Cherished Keepsake. It just gives me even more... Horror Soak. I've got the Keepsake down and until the end of time, and potentially the Fine Clothes. That's my three. Move, clue, do that. Upkeep. I draw a flashlight. Maybe not going to play that anymore. I'll take a resource and go up to four, I think. Or will I? Hmm. Yes, I will. And I place a Doom, which takes us to five. And I draw a Fanatic. Spawn, revealed location with most clues. After it enters play, move one clue from Fnatic's location to Fnatic, and when I defeat Fnatic, take control of all of its clues. It's three fights, three evade, and two health. 
And I've got two locations with one clue, the lobby and the lighting box. The lighting box has a VP, so I'm going to put the Fnatic there. It eats up that clue, which means at the end of the game, if I haven't killed the Fnatic, I still get the VP, which is kind of cool. It's back to me. We're about to advance Doom. It's almost certainly time to jump down from the balcony into the theatre, which gives me two damage, which I'll take all on me, meaning I'm a 4-4-4-4 now. And I wonder if for my last action, I clear this whispers in my head, which would mean I'm allowed to use Unexpected Courage next turn, which might be quite nice. Taking that resource was maybe an error, just for what I know is coming up and wanting to get to zero resources. So the other option would be to play Smoking Pipe. Let's just do some thinking here. I could do one swing then at 8v4, and then another swing at 6v4. No, because I can't clear the whispers in my head and get rid of the smoking pipe. So I'm going to just spend two actions to clear the whispers in my head. So I wonder if that was clear. What I'm setting up to do is unload my resources into my fire axe, and I can only spend three per attack. If I'm at zero resources on an attack, I do two damage rather than one. So on four resources, that's a little bit tricky, because that would mean I could go down to one resource, but I'd only be attacking for one damage. And then I spend the other resource and attack for two, and I will have only done three damage. So I'll need some other way of dealing with it. Okay, upkeep. Another flashlight. Who shuffled this deck? I may as well take the resource now, because I'm going to have to spend a bucket anyway. If I'm going to spend four, I may as well spend five. And we hit six doom. The emissary's message. Abruptly. The malformed body of an unnatural nightmare slams onto the stage, its slithering tendrils reaching into the aisles. It opens its maw and lets out a shrill, piercing song. The melody is uncanny. The notes sear into your mind. Pain pounds in your forehead, and blood runs from your ears. Search all set-aside cards and the victory display for the royal emissary enemy and spawn it in the theatre. Agenda 2A. Encore. The creature's song echoes relentlessly throughout the halls of the theatre. The melody repeats again and again, yet somehow never the same note twice. Forced. After Royal Emissary is added to the victory display, remove all Doom from play and reset the agenda deck to Agenda 1A, then place three Doom on that agenda. What the hell is going on? The Royal Emissary is the messenger from Alderbaran. It's four fight, four health, and two evade, monster and elite treated. It preys on the lowest willpower, which is me. It's massive, it hunts, and it retaliates, and it hits for two damage. Forced at the end of the enemy phase, each investigator at the Royal Emissary's location or a connecting location takes one horror, which I imagine is the keening wail of the emissary. My encounter card is a poltergeist. Hmm. Well, well, well. Do I A. Try to kill the emissary. B. Parlay the poltergeist, evade the emissary. C. Parlay the poltergeist, start hitting the emissary? That seems like suicide. Hmm. What a perfectly timed poltergeist to ruin things. Evading the emissary won't be too hard. I'll still take a horror, I can put it on the keepsake. 
getting rid of the poltergeist now is probably priority number one, and I'm a 4v1 parlaying with the fine clothes. So I'm going to try and do that. First action parlay. Plus one. So that's a damage to the poltergeist. Do it again. Minus two. Dead poltergeist. And last action. Do I try to evade? I think so. And I commit. I'm a four on two. I commit the fine clothes that are in my hand to make me a five on two. Skull. I have three horror on me, so that's a minus three, which is a pass. So that went about as well as I could hope it would go. In the enemy phase, nothing happens from the Royal Emissary until at the end of the enemy phase, we put horror on the cherished keepsake. Upkeep, I draw another fire axe. I'm not taking any more resources. I'm at far too many on five. And the Royal Emissary engages me again. We go to one doom of six, and this is the last agenda, so we've got to get our skates on. And I draw Spires of Carcosa. Revelation, attached to your location, then place two doom on that location. If there's no doom on attached location, discard Spires of Carcosa. Action, investigate. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues here, remove one doom from the attached location. Okay, can we chop up an emissary in two hits with five resources? No. Can we chop it up in three hits? Hopefully. If I go two resources, two resources, one resource, that would make me an 8v4, an 8v4, and then a 7v4 because Dark Horse would kick in. And I could even chuck that fire axe that I just drew, or the leather coat. That's what I'm going to try. Spend two resources, 8v4. Skull. Minus three, pass. Spend two resources, 8v4. Minus one, that's another damage. Spend final resource, 7v4. Commit this second fire axe, 8v4. Minus one. Two damage because I'm broke. The emissary goes into the victory display. We reset to agenda 1A. Clear all doom from play, so that means that the two doom of Spires of Carcosa is discarded, but it ends up going on the agenda anyway. Phew. Upkeep, I draw fight or flight. And again, I'll go back to taking a resource, so I'm at one. We roll back on to four doom. The threshold approaches, and I draw twisted to his will. If there's no doom in play, twisted to his will gains surge. Well, there's four doom in play. Otherwise, test willpower X, where X is the amount of doom in play. If you fail, discard two cards from your hand. I could commit this copy of Dark Horse to make me a 5v4, and I could commit this copy of Smoking Pipe, because I'm probably not going to switch my horror and damage around now that I'm on 4-4. So that makes me a 6v4.
Zero. Now we just got to get skates on, haven't we? First action, and one clue, of course. First action, I'll head backstage. Three shroud and one clue. The set is different from what you remember of the play's first act, decorated with a backdrop of an unsettling sunset. When it's revealed, put two of the set-aside backstage doorway locations into play at random. There are three, we're just taking two. Here's one, here's two. While I'm at backstage, each hidden treachery in my hand counts as three cards instead of one for the purposes of counting hand size. Second action, I'll just keep moving, and I'll go to this lower of the two backstage doorways. It is the dressing room. Four shroud, no clues. As a triple action, I can heal three horror. The cast's dressing room is filled with all manner of costumes and accessories, but it's the tattered yellow robe at the far end of the room that catches your attention. It looks too torn and dishevelled to be worn, yet it is enticing all the same. And I've got a single action left. I'm on five cards in hand, which feels nice with an unexpected courage. These two rather useless flashlights. I'm going to move straight back to backstage. There's nothing I can get here in the dressing room. I'm hoping that if there's a clue in this backstage doorway, the other one that I've not yet explored, I could get that one and this clue backstage, and that would be my three to advance. Upkeep, I draw, second fight or flight. I will go up to two resources in, in case I need to play flashlight next turn. We go to five... Doom of six, and I draw the Agent of the King. Hmm. This is a 4-4-2. Preys on the most clues, me, and hunts. And after Agent of the King attacks you, move one of your clues to Agent of the King. When you defeat Agent of the King, take control of all of its clues. If I were to pay one for fight or flight now, I would be an 8v4 for all of my attacks. And if I spend one resource with Fire Axe... I'd be an 11v4 for that hit because Dark Horse would kick in, and then still a 9v4. I'm going to do it. So pay 1, play Fight or Flight. Until the end of the round, I get plus X combat and plus X agility, where X is the amount of horror on me. So I've got 4 horror and 4 damage on me, so I'm an 8. First action, I'll attack. 11v4. Minus two, that's two damage. Second action, I'll attack. Minus one, the Agent of the King heads into the victory display. And now I have a decision to make. We're at five doom, so the Emissary is coming back next turn. I could head into this other backstage doorway. I could move back to the theatre. I could stay here and try and grab this clue. Three, four on three I'd be maybe with flashlight to boost me. So I've got three choices, backstage, stay here, or theatre. If I'm in the theatre, I could hit, hit, and move back. But it'd be ideal to move, hit, 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 move back. If I draw something in the mythos phase next turn that stops me moving in onto the emissary, the emissary then wades on top of me and kills me. So I think last action, I go back to the theatre and I worry that I've slowed myself down way too much. I draw a desperate search in my upkeep. Now that will come very much in handy for other intellect-based things. And we hit six doom. Oh, and I will take a resource to take me to one. I'm not going to read the emissary's message again, but suffice to say the emissary is here again at the theatre. 
and it feels a little bit like time is repeating. I draw a fanatic. It spawns at the revealed location with the most clues. Well, that's the lobby or backstage. If I put him backstage, try and kill the emissary this turn and move backstage, the fanatic will engage me and hit until the end of time, and it sets me up next turn to kill the fanatic, head into the backstage doorway, and do what other business I do. So I'm going to do that. Steals a clue as it does it. Let's try and kill the emissary. I'll pay one for fight or flight. I'm an 8v4 attacking the emissary. Minus one, two damage. Oh, I was a nine, sorry. And I'll do it again, nine before. Minus one, dead emissary. Time resets, three doom on agenda one. And last action, gotta take the hit because I've gotta crack on. I move backstage. The fanatic attacks, and I'll put the damage on until the end of time. Upkeep, I draw say your prayers. I'll take a resource again. More just to boost the fire axe hit than anything else. And we go to four doom. And I draw a poltergeist. Wow. So I've got to parlay the poltergeist, kill the fanatic. That's going to take up my whole turn. Can't really reasonably evade the poltergeist. So parlaying, I'm a four v one. <laughs> do I commit either of the two flashlights in my hand to that? No, I'll tell you what I do. First action, I'll attack the fanatic. I'm a 4v3. I'll spend my one resource to make me a 6v3, and Dark Horse kicks in, so I'm a 7v3. Minus one. I get the clue, and the fanatic dies. I'm broke now, so my stats are all plus one, so I'm five intellect, which means if I parlay, I'm a 5v1. No boosts. Minus four. Okay, this is a classic time where the poltergeist is much more threatening to me, so I wanted to get rid of it first. But actually, the way that survivors work is get rid of the easy one first sometimes, and that frees you up for the scarier one. And I'll attack the uh, parlay the poltergeist again. Tentacle. Damn. That's my three. Enemy phase, the poltergeist hits for two horror. So I'll put one on the keepsake, which destroys it, and one on until the end of time. So it's taken one damage and one horror. Upkeep, I get Madame Lebranche, and I take a resource. Now Madame will become very useful given that I'm losing horror soak fast. And we're back to five doom again. That dreadful window. And I draw a fanatic, which has to spawn in the lobby. Killed one, there are two in play now. Okay. Parlay the poltergeist. Four on one, and I'll commit one of these two flashlights to be a five. Skull. Dead poltergeist. Two actions left. What to do? I could take a resource and play Madame Lebranche, and then tap Madame Lebranche, and I'd be back to one resource. I could move to the theatre because we're going to get the emissary shortly. I could chance it and move up to the backstage doorway, and that means the emissary will hunt towards me to backstage and so on. I'm inclined to do that, just because I know we need to make progress. So, second action, move backstage. It is the trap room. 
Clearly, nobody has cleaned out the prop area beneath the stage for months. Three shroud, one clue. Forced, after you reveal the trap room, search the encounter deck and discard pile for one copy of Swarm of Rats and put it into play and engage with you. Two copies if there are three or four investigators. Shuffle the encounter deck if it is searched. Well, we've not seen any rats yet. I think they're the only enemies left in the deck. So I grab a rats. I have an action left. I think punching rats at 4v1 is where it's at. And I'm inclined to just leave it at that. If we can get this clue next turn, deal with the emissary, we could then advance. We'd be getting to, to act two, guys. That would be an amazing progress. Final action attack, 4v1. Commit this leather coat to be 5v1. Minus one, dead rats. Fanatics don't do anything in the enemy phase. Upkeep, I draw second rise to the occasion. I will take a resource to go to two for Madame. And we hit six doom for the third time. The emissary spawns in the theatre. And I draw rotting remains. Well, this might be a time for say your prayers, 8v3. It might be a time for rise to the occasion. But I might want to save that for fighting. So yeah, I'll commit. I'll commit to say your prayers, 8v3. Skull, minus three, pass. I'm not going to race down and fight the emissary now. I'm going to spend my two resources to play Madame Labranche. I then have no resources, so I'll exhaust Madame Labranche and gain a resource. Got two actions left. Oh, no, I won't. I won't tap her yet. I'll just be on zero, which means I'm a 5v3 investigating here. And if I commit this flashlight, I'll be a 6v3. Zero. Clue. I have the three clues. And I have a single action left. I don't really want to get hit by the Royal Emissary by moving back to backstage. I will spend my three clues and let's find out what's going on. His final bow. A shadow creeps along the wall beside you and your heart leaps into your throat. You turn and a figure flits away just out of sight. Either your mind is playing tricks on you or someone else is in the theatre. You follow the direction of the shadow, rounding a nearby corner. At the far end of the hall, he stands awaiting you, a man in an elegant black suit, his face covered by a pale mask. Though his attire has changed, you instantly recognise him as the actor who played the role of the stranger, one of the characters from The King in Yellow. He turns and disappears through an open doorway, as if taunting you to follow. Choose one of the set-aside locations at random. Put that location into play and spawn the set-aside man in the pallid mask enemy at that location instead of his normal spawn location. Advance to one of the three copies of Act 2A at random. Remove the other two copies of Act 2A from the game without looking at them. There are two locations, a backstage doorway and a lobby doorway. So I'm going to roll a die on a 1, 2 or 3 it's backstage and a 4, 5, 6 it's lobby. 5. So it's the third lobby location. No backstage for me. There are three Act 2As. You can hear me shuffling them. One and two, it's the left. Three and four, it's the middle. And five and six, it's the right. Five again. Act 2A. 
the stranger. The mysterious stranger from the King in Yellow might know something about what happened during the intermission. You must find and confront him if you were to discover the truth. When the man in the pallid mask would be discarded from play, advance. I have a single action left. I have a desperate search, a rise to the occasion, and an unexpected courage in my hand. I'm in the trap room, and so to get to the man in the pallid mask in the lobby, I will need to move backstage, theatre, lobby, and lobby doorway. Quite a long way. I'm on four horror and four damage. I've got Dark Horse, Fire Axe, Fine Clothes, Until the End of Time, and Madame Lebranche in play, with one damage and one horror on Until the End of Time. With a single action left, what do I do? I don't move to the backstage because I get hit for two damage and take a horror, which I can't really handle. Do I draw a card? Do I just take a resource? I think I draw a card. And it is Perseverance. I exhaust Madame Lebranche and get a resource. Now, Perseverance is fast. Play when you are assigned damage and or horror that would defeat you. Cancel up to four of that damage and or horror. Which is quite nice. The royal emissary moves in the enemy phase to backstage, and its keening wail gives a horror to the mysterious benefactress Madame Lebranche. I draw, look what I found, and I will take another resource taking me up to two. We go to one doom. My encounter card is... It's another swarm of rats. My thinking here, my immediate reaction, is to tank the rat's first hit, dragging it with me to backstage, and to take two swings at the royal emissary with my fire axe. And then I'll take another hit from the rats, which I could put on the fine clothes, or somewhere else. Because otherwise the emissary's horror is just going to become too much for me to handle. So that's what I'll do. First action move, an attack of opportunity from the rats on Madame Lebranche. Second action, I'll swing at the Royal Emissary. I'm a 4v4, and I'll spend two resources to make me an 8v4, and Dark Horse kicks in 9v4. Tentacle! Okay, I have no resources. Not much I can do with that. I can put one of the retaliatory damage on the fire axe and one on until the end of time. But I think I'm defeated now because I'm about to take three damage in the enemy phase and I have two left for me and one on Madame Lebranche. So I could try and evade the Royal Emissary and I would only take one damage. And that, I suspect, is what I do. I'm a 5v2 evading and I'll commit unexpected courage to try and stay in the game. Minus one. The emissary is evaded. I'll exhaust Madame Lebranche and get a resource. And in the enemy phase, the rats, I think I'll let them hit me, <laughs> so I'm up to five damage. And I'll take the horror on me as well, so I'm up to five horror just so I can keep this tapping potential going from Madame Lebranche. I think we might have overstayed our welcome in the theatre. Upkeep. I draw a lucky, and I get a resource, so I'm up to two. We go to two, doom, and I draw spirit's torment. Attached to your location, 
You must either take one horror or lose one action after you leave the attached location. And as an action, I can place one of my clues on the attached location to discard Spirit's Torment. Hmm. Okay. First action. Let's try and kill the Royal, 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 Royal Emissary. Spend two, which makes me a nine on four. Skull, minus three. That's two damage to the Emissary. Exhaust Madame Lebranche, getting me a resource. Attack again, five. Oh, I was a ten on four, sorry. I'm a five, six, seven, eight on four with this second attack. Elder Sign! Boy oh boy, I can heal a damage or a horror or take a direct damage or a horror. I will heal. It's much of a muchness. I'm five of each. I'll heal the damage because if I somehow can't kill this rat, I can take it again. But the emissary is dead for the third time, fourth time maybe. And we're back to agenda one on three doom. Final action. I will attack the rats. Having, I've already exhausted Madame Lebranche, so I'm not doing that. Four on one. Minus two, dead rats. Upkeep, I draw a second lucky, and I will take a resource. We go to Fordoom, and it's a second spirit's torment which attaches to my location. I suspect all I do here is move to the theatre and lose two actions. I've got no way of getting past that, really. Back to upkeep, I draw a ward of protection, probably a little late, and I get a second resource. We go to five doom. My encounter card is Black Stars Rise. Test Intellect 4. If you fail, you must either place one Doom on the current agenda or take a horror for each point you failed by. This effect can cause the current agenda to advance. Well, I won't be cancelling that. I don't think I'll even commit anything to it. I'm a 5 on 4. Zero. Pass. Okay, more actions. The emissary is coming back shortly. I could move to the fanatic, chop the fanatic, and move to the man in the pallid masks location. I can't see a reason not to do that, so let's do it. First action, move to the lobby. The fanatic engages me. Second action, spend my two resources to be four, five with dark horse, six, seven, eight, nine, v three. Skull. I get the clue. The fanatic is dead. I tap Madame Lebranche and get a single resource. Or do I move back ready to kill the emissary? No, I don't. I just think I push on. And I head into the final lobby doorway, which is the green room. It's five shroud and one clue. As an action, you can investigate and get plus three intellect for this investigation. After this skill test ends, discard each card in your hand. It's victory one. The green room is supposed to be a relaxing lounge for tense performers, but you imagine anyone trying to find a moment's rest in this cluttered pigsty would come up shortchanged. Now, we didn't look at the man in the pallid mask weakness when I put him into play. He's four fight and four evade and has three health, so it's kind of nasty. Spawns normally at the location farthest from all investigators, and he is aloof, so he's not engaged with me for walking in. 
As an action, I can investigate. My location would get plus two shroud, which would make this a seven. If I succeed, instead of discovering clues, I would defeat the man in the pallid mask. Indeed, it's time. We have laid all this, uh, we have all laid aside disguise, but you. Upkeep. Madame readies. I draw a second copy of Madame. I go up to two resources. We hit five doom for the 90,000th time. The emissary spawns in the theatre. My encounter card is Black Stars Rise. Ooh, I'm actually on... No, I'm on eight cards, it's fine. Uh, I'm not going to boost. Five on four. Minus one. Pass. Okay, let's do some thinking. If I investigate the man in the pallid mask... We know what's going to happen. I assume you guys know he's going to end up in the lobby. And I'm going to need to move back in there, investigate him again, and then resign. This turn, the emissary is also going to be in the lobby. I don't have four actions this turn, so I can't do that. So perhaps this turn, what's better to do is get this clue, if I can, investigate the man in the pallid mask, and stay put. And next turn I could move in, try and kill the emissary, and then the following turn... Clear the man in the pallet mask. That route is the risky route because the the alternative, investigate, move, investigate, means that following turn I can just resign and I will have taken a hit from the emissary, but I can just about take that hit and I just get out of there. And it's whether I push my luck on five horror and four damage with a nice eight cards in hand or whether I s- stick rather than twisting and... No, twist rather than sticking, and and try and go a bit further. You know me, I like a good gamble. Why don't we try and get this clue, investigate the man in the pallid mask, and decide what we do with our final action? Maybe moving in to tank a hit, but probably not. With the horror from the emissary moving to the lobby, I could kill one copy of Madame Lebranche and play another. That's all I could do. Or, well, or if I had two resources, I could play Perseverance and just cancel that. So, in my hand, one copy of Madame Labranche, two luckies, a desperate search, a rise to the occasion, a Perseverance, a look what I found, an award of protection. I want to pass an Intellect 7 test and an Intellect 5 test. I am on 5, though. So I could play Desperate Search for 1, which would make me 4 up. And I could commit, look what I found, to the other, which would make me two up, planning to play the lucky. And I'd still have Rise to the Occasion in hand and the Ward of Protection to boost me for another investigate. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play Desperate Search and investigate the green room. Skull, minus three. I get a clue, just for the VP. Now that wasn't the I wasn't using the investigability on the location, which is why I didn't get the extra intellect, but it means I don't discard my hand. I've miscalculated, obviously, because now I have to pass the test of seven and I'm a five V seven. So committing look what I found will only get me to seven V seven. So I will also commit rise to the occasion. Ten V seven. Plus one. Fair enough. The man in the pallid mask is investigated. When he would be discarded from play, I have to advance. A city aflame. 
As you face off with the stranger, you get the sense that he's grinning beneath his pale, faceless mask. Where is everyone, you ask, but he does not respond. What is going on? He remains silent and steps back as you approach, until his back is against the corner of the room. You feel intense heat behind you, and you turn to see flames roaring throughout the auditorium. You turn back to the stranger, but he is gone. Instead of discarding him, I move him to the lobby. I add two cultist tokens to the bag. I place one horror on the theatre. Until the end of the scenario, horror on locations represent spreading flames, and each location with horror gains forced after you enter this location or end your turn at this location. Test agility three. If you fail, take a damage. Limit once per round. So that means when I enter or end, I do the test, but it's only once per round per location. So if I enter and end, I don't do it twice, but it will be damage. Keep this card next to the act deck as a reminder and advance to act 3A, curtain call. The stranger must know the way out. You have to follow him. While the man in the pallid mask is not in play, the lobby gains action resign. Forced, at the end of the round, place one horror on each location with no horror that is connected to a location with horror. Objective, if each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. What do I do with my last action? I am on two resources. I'm tempted to take another resource so that I can play Perseverance and still have some left. But maybe that's lunacy. No, it's not lunacy. I'm going to take a resource for my final action. Enemy phase. The emissary hunts into the lobby. It does a horror, which I will assign to myself, which defeats me. And I will spend two to play Perseverance and cancel that one horror. <laughs> Upkeep. I draw a second ward of protection. And I will take a resource, taking me to two. We go to one doom of six. And I draw... The King's Edict. For each cultist enemy in play, while there's one fanatic in the lighting box, move one clue from that enemy's location to that enemy. Until the end of the round, each cultist enemy in play gets plus one fight for each clue and or doom on it. If no clues are moved, while there aren't, because I'm playing solo, the King's Edict gains surge. And it surges into Twisted to his will. There's one doom in play. So I test willpower one. I'm a 5v1. Minus three. Oh, should have said, those cultists I added are minus fours. If your location has at least one horror on it, take one horror from the taken token pool. If my location has no horror on it, place one horror on it instead. Okay, the time for action, I'm afraid, is now. And I'm terrified. Let's see if we can pull this off. We won't be finishing this turn, but it's chopping up the emissary for the, I think, eight billionth time. First action, move in to the lobby. I've moved into a location with horror on it because at the end of last round, the fire in the theatre spread to the lobby and backstage. So I have to test agility three. I'm a 4v3. I will commit one ward of protection to be a 5v3. Minus one. Pass. Second action. I will attack the royal emissary. I'm a 4v4. And I'll spend my two resources, which make me an 8v4, and Dark Horse kicks in 9v4.
cultist. I hit, but I have to take horror from that cultist, which means I have to kill Madame Labranche. And now I would be a 5v4 trying to hit the Royal Emissary, and I will commit this Ward of Protection and be 6v4, and it's all I can do. Minus one! Yes! Oh, my, my palms are sweating. The emissary falls, Calvin says, not today. And we rewind yet again to Agenda 1A, and we place three Doom on it. I've already taken the test with the agility test, so I don't have to take it at the end of the round. Now the whole theatre is in flames, and upkeep, I draw painkillers. I will take a resource. We go to four doom, and I draw whispers in my head, dread. I cannot move more than once each turn. Okay, can we leave now? I'm a 5v4, no, 5v6, trying to clear the man in the pallid mask. I could draw a card and then try the test. I do have a lucky, but it's, it's not looking great, even if I commit Madame Lebranche in my hand. Do I gamble and draw a card? I've not seen my basic weakness yet. Is it worth the gamble? Could it be anything with intellect icons? I think I've only seen one unexpected courage. Let's do it. First action draw. It's unexpected courage. Yes! Second action. Commit unexpected courage. 7v6. Commit Madame Lebranche. 8v6. Cultist, minus four. I think I'm dead because my location has a horror, which gives me a horror, which takes me to six, and I'm defeated by horror. And I had the lucky to pass that. <laughs> oh, so close. Okay, it's not the end of the world. We go to no res, and for this, I'm woken up, an elderly man helping me, and I get one tally mark for chasing the stranger and add the stranger, and I earn victory uh, victory X as normal, but I don't earn any doubt or conviction. For XP, we've got one for the trap room, one for the balcony, one for the lighting box, and one for the green room, that's four. We've got the Royal Emissary and the Agent of the King, that's seven. So I, th I think that's still pretty reasonable, but I've been defeated by horror, so I take a mental trauma, which means I'm now on two mental trauma. So I go into the next scenario already on two mental trauma, and I need to decide what I spend my seven experience on. I'm inclined to go for Charisma and double Peter Sylvester level two. It means I won't have to worry so much about horror. But there are lots of other options as well. Lucky level two is, I think, a really incredible card. There's will to survive. I did have a bit of a window for that kind of expenditure, and then I ended up broke. Already, I would say that painkillers are maybe less good now because I'm already not going to want to take as much horror. So I could be starting to take some of those cards out. Maybe take the keepsake out as well. Yeah, there's a lot of choices. So join me for the next one. And thanks very much for listening.
strike while the iron is hot. I was I was pretty buoyed by how I got through curtain call then, and I'm just going to power straight on. It's nice to get two scenarios in one episode, so I'm just going to dive in and go for it. I had a break, some food, a bit of a think, and I'll actually I'll run you through my thought process here. I was going to go Charisma and two Peter Sylvester and start stripping out some of the one-ofs in the deck. But then I thought, there's a bit of horror in Last King, but there's really no horror pressure in Echoes of the Past at all. And if I actually just upgrade Lucky for a bit more draw, because I have no draw in my deck apart from Madame Lebranche, I could also take Will to Survive, and I could maybe clear uh, one of the bystanders in Last King by paying four and just passing the tests without pulling tokens. Or maybe I can use that to defeat a scary bystander, if you know what I mean, if they turn up. So that was the thought I had. So I've, I've upgraded the luckies and then I've taken out the smoking pipe, which... No, I've taken out the painkillers, which heal damage and give me horror because I'm on two mental trauma. After everything that happened in the theatre, Calvin has no leads, but he knows that something is up. And he's seen a poster for the cast party of The King in Yellow, and so he finds himself at 1452 Atlantic Avenue, the residence of Mrs. Domain. Agenda 1A, fashionably late. As you pull up to the manor, you notice that something is wrong. A trail of blood leads up the porch steps, and the front door is smashed. Muted music comes from within the house, its warped and discordant notes painful to your ears. Has the madness of the king in yellow already made its way here? Three doom. Discovering the truth. This isn't a party, it's a madhouse. But for some reason, the guests are too deluded to notice. Very few of them are sane, and many are themselves horrors to your eye. Perhaps you can talk to them to learn more about the king in yellow. Forced. When an investigator is eliminated by defeat or resignation, place each of that investigator's clues on this act instead of placing them at his or her location. Objective, find as many clues as you can, then get out of this awful place. Skulls are reveal another token if you fail, place one doom on a lunatic enemy in play. So, fine without lunatics, but nasty with lunatics. And I've got two cultists still in the bag. They're minus two if you fail, place one of your clues on your location. So throwing away all of my clue acquisition cards because I'm only parlaying, supposedly, is actually quite risky. I've laid out the party. Up in the dining room, which is the top left, is Jordan Perry, the dignified financier. Below him, in the ballroom, is Constance Domain, our sociable hostess. In the courtyard, Sebastian Moreau, the impassioned producer, can be found. In the living room, Ishimaru Haruko, the costume designer. And finally, up in the gallery, Ashley Clark, the talented entertainer, is performing. Let's draw an opening hand, and then let's see if we can plot a path through all of these people. I've drawn Ward of Protection, Fine Clothes, Dark Horse, Will to Survive, and Fire Axe. I could play the Fine Clothes, play the Axe and move up to Constance, and next turn I'd have the resources to go broke and parlay her, but I wouldn't have enough horror to pass the tests. But, I mean, it's it's maybe a possibility. I quite like this hand. I can't see throwing test of will away. 
Dark Horse once I'm broke. I mean, the one thing is this is quite an expensive hand. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm on five resources. If I start chopping things up with the axe, things get risky. Do I throw anything away? I, I mean, all of these feel like the right pieces. I think I keep everything. The entrance hall is lavishly decorated, displaying the wealth of the manor's owners, while still creating a welcoming atmosphere. Shall I take your coat? The doorman asks as you enter. It takes a moment before you realise the doorman has only bloody stumps where he should have hands. Two shroud, one clue. As an action, you can resign. Having found valuable information about the production, you depart and plan your next move. And this is where, if each undefeated investigator resign, proceed to if no resolution was reached. Okay, well, first action, let's put on these fine clothes. Second action, let's get this axe down. And third action, let's move up into the ballroom. The distorted music glows, grows louder as you approach the ballroom. Inside, many of the guests are dancing, eating, and enjoying themselves. It's four shroud, no clues. After you perform a parlay action in the ballroom, gain two resources. And that's a reaction ability, so it's not forced. Narrow yellow eyes watch the dancers hungrily from the darkness outside. When you try to warn the other guests, they smile politely, comment about wild animal sightings around Arkham, and go back to dancing. Well, if I can cancel something with water protection, I'll go up to three horror, and then I'd need to take a resource, play will to survive, and I could just clear Constance immediately, and get two resources back. Upkeep. I draw... I leveled up Lucky, and I go to four resources. Mythos, turn two. We're at one doom of three, and my encounter card is Ancient Evils. I will pay one with Ward of Protection to cancel it, taking me up to three horror. And I think the play, the right play is take a resource, play Test of Will, or do I play Dark Horse and parlay twice? I'd be, oh, I've got fine clothes on. I don't need to worry as much. In which case, yes, I'll play Dark Horse. First action, which makes me broke, which means I'm a 4v1 parlaying constant second action. Plus one, so I gain a clue. I won't trigger the reaction ability on the ballroom, and I'll go again, 4v1. Minus two. Pass. That is the two clues off Constance because I'm playing solo. So I'll mark her with a resource. When the last clue is removed from Constance domain, flip this card over and resolve its text. Engram's Oath. It doesn't take long for the amiable hostess to open up to you about the play. Well, not long at all. Oh yes, my husband and I helped Sebastian produce the whole thing, she explained. I was a little hesitant at first, but that director, Mr Nigel... Engram. My, what a talented man. She laughs. <laughs> He's so very eccentric. Did you know, before rehearsals even began, he had us recite some kind of... Why, I suppose it was an oath of sorts. A formality, I guess. You know, creative types and their silly rituals. But afterwards, we were filled with so much spirit. She smiles, zeal in her eyes. From that moment on, we had no hesitations. The King in Yellow would be the most successful performance in Arkham history. Which I suppose it was in its own way. Remember that you interviewed Constance. Flip this card back over to its bystander asset side. That's my three. 
but I will trigger the reaction ability for that second parlay to get me two resources. Upkeep brings me a smoking pipe. Could use it if I want to start adding damage, but I don't think I do at the moment. And I will take a third resource. We go to two doom. My encounter card is a roach swarm. The roach swarm has X fight, where X is the shroud value of the roach's, roach swarm's location, which is four here in the ballroom. Two health and three evade. A mass of skittering roaches completely covers the floor, leaving a trail of sticky brown ooze in its wake. I've got a few options here. I could tank the roach swarm for a bit and drag it around with me. Or I could just go broke, spend all three of my resources to chop up the roach swarm. I'd be a 6v3, which would be pretty good. If I fail with that chopping, that would be a bit nasty. Do I gamble and move into the courtyard, taking a damage, which is no bad thing, and then I've got choices about parlaying with Sebastian in there. If that goes wrong, I'm up to... Hmm, will it go wrong though? Looking out of the windows, you spy the courtyard in the centre of the manor. You find yourself longing for fresh air. I mean, it really is making me feel that way. I don't mind hits from the roach swarm. In theory, I could take one hit from the roach swarm. Oh, but the courtyard is a much higher shroud, isn't it? Drag the roach swarm to the foyer and swing at it twice? No, I think I spend my three and I chop it up. At this rate, getting Jordan is going to be hard. Zero. Dead roach swarm, first action. Second action, I gamble and I step into the courtyard. It's five shroud and no clues. What was at first a wave of relief upon exiting the manor turns to dread. Dozens of yellow eyes stare at you from the building's rooftops and shapes loom in the clouds above. Forced, after you enter the courtyard, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If that card is an enemy, draw it. It is the pale mask beckons a treachery, so I'm safe. I have one action left, and I would be a three versus one parlaying Sebastian. Minus one. Third clue. Upkeep. I draw a fight or flight. Very nice with so few uh, damage on me, but three horror on me. And we hit three doom. I've taken a resource, of course. The final guest. Ah, if it isn't our final guest, the doorman announces. Mr. Vine, your presence here has been long awaited. The woman wears a devilish dress and similar grin. You swear you've seen the symbol on her amulet before. Well, now the real party can begin, she declares, then heads off to mingle with the other party goers. Find the bystander asset with the fewest clues on it, Constance. Spawn the set aside Diane Devine enemy at that asset's location. Done. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. So back goes Pale Mask Beckons, Ancient Evils, and a Roach Swarm. Now there are 11 clues in play. There was one on the foyer and then 10 on the the other uh, the bystanders. If I can get to, say, 8, that sits me in a pretty good place. That would be 4 XP for that work. To get to 10 means trying to get up to 10 resources to get to Jordan. And given that I'm playing Dark Horse and have now cleared the ballroom where you can get any kind of resource acceleration. I think it's unlikely. I would have to spend no resources between now and the ninth turn, because I'm on one, unless I somehow had the time to take three. 
So we should maybe think that Jordan up in the dining room is a no-go, in which case we should concentrate on Sebastian, willpower three, Haruko, willpower two, but I need six cards, and Ashley, which is just a double action for Ashley. Agenda 2A, the terrifying truth. More and more this place continues to fall into madness, transforming before your very eyes. This is another three doom threshold, very short. Forced, when this agenda would advance by reaching its doom threshold, instead, remove all doom in play and randomly resolve one of the sickening reality cards underneath the scenario reference card. If there are no cards underneath the scenario reference card, advance to agenda 2B instead. My encounter card is a maniac. Three fight, four health, and one evade. Forced, after maniac engages you, take one damage and deal one damage to maniac. Ow. Hmm. Maniac doesn't hunt. What if I were to try and evade the maniac one-on-one with a lucky in hand? Then to parlay Sebastian three-on-one, potentially committing a smoking pipe, and then getting out of here. The alternative is maybe playing fight or flight, and I would then be a a four fight against the Maniac's three and just try and chop it up. But I don't I don't like the look of that. Oh, it'd be a five fight because I'd be broke. Five on three. The advantage to clearing out the Maniac is that skulls aren't a problem in terms of doom. The disadvantage is wasting time. I'm going to try and evade the Maniac. I'm a one-on-one. Tentacle. Try again. Uh, Should I try again? Yes. No, will I leave though? No, I won't leave now. Next action, I should try to parlay with Sebastian. I'm a three-on-one, and I'll commit smoking pipe to be a four-on-one. Cultist. Minus two, so I've passed. I get Sebastian's clue. And that means we can flip Sebastian over. The first show. You can tell Sebastian is a dramatic man from the way he speaks about tonight's performance. Better than last year, indeed, the best I've ever seen. You ask him whether this was the first performance of the King in Yellow he'd helped produce, and he shakes his head in vigorous disagreement. No, no, of course not. We've done many, many shows before. Paris, Florence, New York. Why, this isn't even the first time the play's been performed in Arkham. Surprised, you question him further. Well, all right, if you must know, I had nothing to do with the previous show in Arkham. It was several decades ago before Ward Theatre was even built. In fact, part of Mr Engram's goal tonight was to bring the story of the King in Yellow to a wider audience. Remember that you interviewed Sebastian, flip him back over. I like that we managed to talk to Sebastian as this maniac was attacking us. We've got a single action left. What do we do with the maniac? We could evade it, and when it engages us again, we would take another damage and then it would be a one-shot kill. It's a little bit of a wasted action if we try that, though. We could drag it with us, maybe up to Ashley, if that's where we want to be next, and then try and kill it and get one of Ashley's clues next turn. Do we want to go up to the gallery? Yeah, let's do that. So last action will move, which means we get hit again. Not too worried about being hit at the moment. We're up to two damage. The gallery. The sounds of conversation and warped music become muffled as you approach a lonely section of the manor. Leading to the door of the gallery is a long hall adorned with many expensive paintings, including one of Mrs. Domain herself. It's one shroud, 
no clues. Somehow the guests in the gallery are still interested in art on display, even though someone has vandalised all of the paintings and statues. Forced. After you end your turn at the gallery, test willpower 2. If you fail, place one of your clues on the gallery. Well, I am a 3v2. Minus 4. I'm a 0v2. I will pay 1. Be lucky, which makes me now a 3v2, because I get the plus 2 and the plus 1 for Dark Horse, and it draws me a card, which is Flashlight. In the enemy phase, another hit from the Maniac makes me into a 3-3, and Upkeep draws me Madame Labranche and gets me a resource. We go to One Doom, and my encounter card is Tough Crowd. Revelation put Tough Crowd into play next to the Agenda deck. Each investigator must spend one additional action to parlay. Well, getting Madame Labranche down now would be really nice. So maybe I do play Fight or Flight now, which would make me a 6 on 3 fighting, and just try and kill off this Maniac. And a Dark Horse would turn on as well, I'd be a 7 on 3. So I'm going to do that. Pay 1. There's no point parlaying, because it would be a triple action for Ashley. First action attacking... Seven on three, plus one. He's got one health left. Seven on three again. Minus three, dead maniac. Last action, take a resource. Slow rolling it. And we need to test here. Three on two. Elder sign. Um, I'm going to take a horror. Get my willpower and intellect up. And I pass that test. Upkeep, I draw Look What I Found, and I will take a second resource. I'm on four cards in hand. Will to survive Madame Lebranche flashlight and Look What I Found. Uh, getting Madame Lebranche down and then just building back up my hand would be great. Go to Two Doom. Really got to crack on. And I draw Corrosion. Revelation, discard item assets from play and or from your hand with the total printed resource cost of at least X, where X is the shroud value of your location. Well, if I try to use Will to Survive to parlay Ishimaru, I won't need to find clothes. I don't need to find clothes for Ashley. Or I could just get rid of the flashlight that's in my hand. But actually, cards in hand are going to be useful for Ishimaru, so I'm going to lose the find clothes. I'm going to double action parlay Ashley, taking me up to five clues, play Madame Labranche for two, tap her to get back up to one resource. At the end of the round, I'm a four on two, trying to not drop clues. Minus four, I drop a clue here. Upkeep, I draw a ward of protection, and I go up to two resources. We hit three doom. I wouldn't mind this being Jordan, Constance, or Sebastian. I'm still trying to speak to Ashley and Ishimaru. And the card is... It's Ashley Clark. Encore, encore, the crowd shouts as Ashley finishes her final song of the night. Deciding to stay for one last number, she nods to the pianist. The song that follows is excruciating. Her once beautiful voice is now a wailing screech with unnatural pitch. Her skin has tightened hideously around her bones, and insects begin to eat their way out of her arms and shoulders, crawling over her body. The crowd is loving this final performance. Each investigator at Ashley Clark's location takes one horror. Well, I'll put that on Madame Labranche. Move each clue from her to her location. Get rid of the bystander. 
put in this two fight, five health, and four evade monster lunatic version of Ashley Clark, Songs Die Unheard, which is a hunter, and each investigator at Ashley Clark's location does not draw cards during the upkeep phase. Can I kill Ashley this turn? Let's draw an encounter card first, because that might make a difference. It's Dance of the Yellow King. Revelation, if there are no lunatic enemies in play, Dance of the Yellow King gains Surge. Otherwise, test willpower 3. If you fail, move the nearest lunatic en- uh, the nearest lunatic enemy readies, moves one location at a time until it reaches your location, engages you, and makes an immediate attack. Well, there is a lunatic at my location, and taking two horror would be pretty dreadful. Can I beat this test four on three? If I do, I could then attack with fire axe, tap Madame Lebranche, and attack with fire axe again, and then maybe attack with fire axe a final time. Could be four on two, even with no resources, which is nice. So I'm going to spend one and play this Ward of Protection and take a horror on me, which takes me to five, to cancel Ward of the Dance of the Yellow King. First action, I will fight. I'm a three, four with Dark Horse, five, six with Fire Axe, because I spent my last resource. Zero, two damage. I'll exhaust... Madame Lebranche, get a resource, and I will spend that resource to attack again. Six on two. Zero. Up to four damage. Now I just gamble and go four on two. I could commit will to survive and be six on two, but... Four on two it is. Minus one. Ashley slumps to the ground. The maniac that she is attacking me. At the end of the round, I'm a five on two to see if I drop a clue. Zero. No clue dropped. Upkeep. I draw a leveled up lucky and I get a resource. Mythos. One of three. And I draw fine dining. Peril. I must either place one of my clues on a bystander asset in play or take a horror and a damage. I don't really want the horror because that will kill me. So I'll place one of my clues on... Ishimaru Haruko and return the fine dining. Okay, decision point. I could take a resource, play flashlight, get one of the clues here, next turn get one and move down. Or I could head down to the living room and draw up and I would get to the point where if I drew a couple, I could basically will to survive and get all three clues from Ishimaru if I had enough cards and resources in hand. Would I then go back to the gallery? We're on one doom, so we'd go to two at the end of this turn. Next turn, I could get Ishimaru. So I think I do that, and I come back for these clues if I can manage it. First action, move down to the living room. Cigarette smoke and the sound of idle chatter drift out of the manor's living room. You feel warmth behind the door. Three shroud, no clues. After you perform a parlay action in the living room, draw one card. Now this is good. If I'm on six cards and I initiate the parlay with Ishimaru, I could then play Will to Survive, which would take me to five cards, but I would have paid the cost before the parlay. And then after the parlay, I would draw back up to six and I could do the next two. Second action, I will draw. It's fine clothes. And third action, I will take a resource. Not going to be quite at the right amount of resources, but there we go. Upkeep, I draw perseverance which is nice and i go up to three resources 
am I'm just going to be off by one we go to two doom and my encounter card is a roach swarm Ugh. don't really want to empty my resources into the roach swarm I am five against two though maybe I just take the tests against Ishimaru if I initiate a test now and play I can't play world survive because I'm short by one I could parlay chop chop and then parlay parlay next turn or I could just parlay 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 this turn with six in hand I might do that because we're going to hit three doom I can take the damage from the roach swarm on me or on Madame Labranche. first action parlay I have six cards in hand I'm a five v two parlaying Skull, revealing our token. Minus three. Pass. Get a clue. I will use the action ability to draw another card. It's rise to the occasion. Nice. Parlay again. Minus four. Failing by one. I'll pay one to be lucky, which draws me a card. It's the man in the pallid mask. Furthest location from me, I'll put him up by Jordan, or should I put him down in the foyer and try and do him on the way out? No, that's not too away from me. Jordan it is. And I pass that parlay, so I get a clue, I'm up to five, and I'm still on six cards because of that reaction ability on the living room. Parlay again. Six on, uh, five on two. Skull. Minus one. Ishimaru is cleared. The pattern. In speaking with Miss Ishimaru, you discover that she designed all of the costumes worn in tonight's performance, save for one. That stranger character. Peculiar role, is it not? For whatever reason, Mr. Engram would not allow me to change his outfit, not one bit. And that mask. <laughs> she scoffs. Did you know, one time I found that actor, I don't even know his name, I found him drawing a strange pattern behind the backdrop of the second act. You know the one with the two sons? He gave me a terrible stare, and I dare say I jumped right off the stage and ran. You ask what the pattern looked like, and she finds a nearby napkin and begins to draw. Her recreation is much more detailed than you expected. Rings of concentric semicircles lined with strange runes, and at the centre is a pair of wavy lines. You ask her what it means, and she shrugs, haven't the slightest clue. Remember that you interviewed Haruko? Flip this card back over. That was my three actions. In the enemy phase... I take a damage which I'll put on me from the Roach Swarm, and in upkeep I draw a card which is resourceful, that is nice, and did I even see resourceful in the last game? I get a resource. Seven cards in hand and three resources. We hit three doom though, and the sickening reality is a nearby guest asks Haruko if she designed the dress she's wearing, and she nods and poses for him. As if part of her effort to appear taller, her spine grows and extends upward, separating her torso from the bottom half of her body. Instead of crying out in pain, she smiles at the attention she receives. Each investigator at Ishimaru Huruko's location takes one horror. Well, I was at five, and I've got one on Madame Lebranche. I could just kill Madame Lebranche. I could play two for pers- perseverance in my hand could probably evade. Kill the Roach Swarm, try and evade her, move away. How much would it be on fighting the Roach Swarm? We're a shroud of three here. Yes, maybe I try that. Again, (laughs) always a resource short from will to survive. Or I could evade, evade, move. 
having not spent any resources, and I'd be able to will to survive next turn. Okay, I'll kill Madame Lebranche with that horror. Ishimaru is removed, and I now have Ishimaru Haruko just skin and bones. She is six fight, four health, and three evade. A hunter, and after I deal damage to Ishimaru Huroko by an effect other than an attack, draw the top card of the encounter deck. Doesn't this dress look gorgeous on me? Victory zero. And I draw fine dining. I must either place one of my clues on a bystander asset and play, or take a horror and a damage. Well, well, well. Can't cancel it, because I've got no cancellation. I could put this on, say, Constance and go and get it back from her. I could get the clue in the foyer and the clue from Constance and get out of here. So I'd evade, evade and move to the foyer. Diane Devine is currently at Constance's location. There's no reason why I wouldn't move Diane Devine. But I think that's somewhat cheating. I could put it on Sebastian and just go into the courtyard, run the risk of dying yet again. Can't take the horror because that would kill me. Hmm. Chances are now I'm going to try and leave with eight clues. I'm not going to interview Jordan, so those two clues are gone. I have dropped two clues in the gallery, one from myself and one from Ashley. If I evade, evade and move up to the gallery, next turn I could test of will to get both of them, test of will, uh, will to survive, I'd get both of them, but I'd have a roach swarm and Shimaru sort of staring at me. If I go into the courtyard, I run the risk of another enemy, which could kill me if it's a young psychopath. I wonder what the rules are for moving Diane Devine from Constance to Sebastian, given that they're both on zero and have been on zero for all of this time. Probably I shouldn't move it, because that's obviously gaming it. So if I ended up at the foyer this turn, I could move in, engage Diane, hit Ishimaru, and Ishimaru would move to the courtyard, hit again, parlay, moves to the foyer, then I'd get killed by Ishimaru. Hmm. It's a little tricky one. So I'm going to put the clue on Sebastian and we're going to have to gamble. First action, I'm going to try and evade Ishimaru and I'll commit rise to the occasion, which makes me a seven because I've taken four damage. So seven against three. Minus one. Ishimaru evaded. Well, that's the threat of horror gone at least. Second action, I'll try and evade the Roach Swarm. I'm a four on three evading. And I'll commit this Fine Clothes and this Resourceful to be a six on three. Elder Sign. I'm going to heal a horror because I'm so close to death. The Roach Swarm goes, and Resourceful will almost certainly get me back a Lucky. Yes, I'll take a Lucky. Last action, I step into the Courtyard. And the card I draw is Corrosion. Good to see that go. Upkeep, the Roach Swarm and Ishimaru ready. I draw a leather coat and I take a resource, meaning I'm at four. We go to one doom. My encounter card is the Pale Mask Beckons. If the man in the Pallid Mask is in play, he is. He attacks each investigator in player order regardless of his current location. Thank goodness I healed that horror. And that's all that happens there. So I'm back up to five. Okay, let's try and finish this thing shortly. Ah, I 
can't get that clue in the foyer though because Ishimaru is staring down at me. So I could test of will here, scoop the clue from Sebastian, move down to the foyer, grab that clue. I'd be on zero resources though. Ishimaru would hunt and would eliminate me through horror, which would be no good. Ah, it would mean just another trauma. I'd start next scenario on three horror. I've not yet drawn a voice of the messenger, so does the trauma matter? What are the alternatives here? Only on four resources, no way I can get Jordan. Can I deal with the man in the pallet mask? I could parlay, move up to the dining room, and prepare myself next turn to play test of will, engage, hit, hit, and kill the man in the pallet mask, and then sprint out of here. Hmm, I'm sort of tempted by that. Can I get this clue, though? I'm a five on three. Let's try that first. Minus one. Clue back. I'm back to six clues. Ah, I need more clues. Damn. Why have I miscounted one? I think because I put one down. Okay, let's just try and uh, do some dodging. We'll move up to the dining room. The rancid smell of rotten food wafts under the dining room door and you barely avoid losing your lunch. The sight of the guests scarfing down the awful feast, mouthful after mouthful, makes your stomach turn. As an action, I can heal a horror, and then I reveal a random token, and if it's a skull or a tentacle, I take a horror and place a doom. Not going to do that. Second action was move. Third action is draw. Say your prayers. Well, that might be helpful. Enemy phase, Ishimaru hunts to the courtyard. Upkeep, I draw. Desperate search. Wow. And I'll take another resource. Hmm. Am I about to be hit by Ishimaru again? Parlay, move, evade. Wait. Okay. Hang on. I ha maybe have a plan, but let's see what we get. Go to two doom. Dance of the Yellow King. Well, this could kill me. I'm a willpower five against three. I'll commit. Say your prayers. It's been nine against three. Skull, reveal another token. Skull, reveal another token. Finally. Elder Sign. I'll heal that horror. <laughs> Again. It's keeping me alive, Elder Sign, so I don't place any doom. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Will to survive. If I investigate the man in the pallid mask, I've got four horror on me, so I'm a 4v4 investigating. I could then move into the courtyard and evade Ishimaru because I'd be a four on three, again, not drawing tokens. She would engage with me at the end of the round, and I could potentially try and evade her next time, move to the foyer, grab that clue. Because if I stay put, she just comes and munches me, although going into the courtyard is risky. The other option is investigate man in the pallid mask, sprint down to the foyer, and that's my turn, two actions. Ishimaru moves and hits me for one and one, so I'm on five, 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 five. How many fives? And the following turn, I could try and kill Ishimaru, spend four, and then I'd be able to go to... Oh, I wouldn't have the damage. Hmm. Well, why don't I just investigate here and commit Desperate Search? That makes me an 8v4. Tentacle! Damn you! Okay. Investigate again. Four on four. Commit, look what I found, and flashlight to be seven on four. 
plus one. God damn it. Last action, I should just head down, so I'll move down to the ballroom. Enemy phase. God, I hope that Constance doesn't flip. Ishimaru hunts to me and hits me for one and one. I'm at, at five threshold. Upkeep, I draw a resourceful. I will take a resource to six because I can spend them all. And we hit three doom again. Well, Sebastian, Jordan and Constance are at my location and the two adjacent locations. So this is kind of dreadful. The chance of getting up to eight clues is, I think, gone now as well. It's Mr. Perry. Right, he drops his clues and spawns above me. Mr. Perry takes another puff from his cigar. His eyes burn a deep red hue. As he exhales, his skin begins to crack and hardens into stone. Cigar smoke exudes from the fissures in his skin, and the temperature in the room rises dramatically. He clenches his hand around the chair's armrest, which crumbles to ash in his awful grasp. I'm not at his location, so I'm not defeated. Wow, I've taken so much horror. Move each clue to his location and reveal him there. Okay, we could play test, uh, play will to survive before we'd have two resources left. We're on five damage, so we could spend both resources and hit Ishimaru for two. We could play resourceful on the next attack to hit for, for two again, and we could move down to the foyer. I really like that, so I'm going to do it. Spend four, play will to survive. Until the end of the turn, do not reveal chaos tokens. First full action, I attack Ishimaru. I'm a 5v6. I'll spend both resources to be 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, because Dark Horse kicks in, and it does two damage. It's not damaged by an effect other than attack, so I don't draw the top card of the encounter deck. Second action, I'll attack again, and I'll commit resourceful. I'm a 6v6, so I hit again which defeats Ishimaru, and Resourceful gets me back. Well, Will to Survive is not going to happen. Rise to the occasion, I think, for the plus three. And final action, I move to the foyer. Enemy phase. Jordan hunts down into the courtyard. Upkeep draws me second Madame Lebranche, and I get a resource. We go to one of three Doom, and my encounter card is a young psychopath. After it engages me, I must either take a horror or it gets plus three fight. Well, I won't take the horror, so I'll make it five fight. And first action, I will resign. Phew-wee, wow. Well, I fluffed things slightly, losing those clues in the gallery. I love this scenario so much. I think I've been maybe going a little bit too high with Calvin in terms of dam damage and horror. And I'm only going to get three XP for my hard work there. I also need to decide what to do. Do we block the door? Do we go back inside? Or do we burn it down? All of them feel in their own way Calvin-esque. I think blocking the door, it's its that sort of, he hasn't quite worked out what the best approach is. Is he really intrigued by what's going on? I mean, mostly he's been interacting with things uh, from the sharp, sharp end of a fire axe. So who knows? Or maybe, yeah, maybe he wants to burn them all down. We've got no doubt of conviction yet, so it's no skin off my back. Why not? Get in touch and let me know what you think. You could you could have a, a strong play that I haven't even thought of. You can email us at drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook and on Twitter. Or you might even want to become a patron and you get to talk to us more about the decks we're making, what's coming up next, things like that. We're drawn to the flame on Patreon, so patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame. 
Thanks as ever for listening. Point out where I could get better. You know, stay in touch. Tell me what you think. Yeah, enjoy the ride. Bye. Thank you.